Yes. World's favorite game. Back again with the international football news. Got a few bits and bobs from all over the interwebs. Got a shout out to AJ. He had a smashing win by knockout. AJ the champ. Man, I thought his opponent looked scary. Guy's like six or seven. What's his name? Hellenius? We're like a Viking. Man had a long ass 79 inch reach. But AJ's reach was longer, 82 inch. Knocked him out in the seventh. Shout out to AJ. And shout out to all of the listeners locked in from wherever you are. I hope you're all doing well. I'm doing all right. It's really late where I'm recording right now. It's late. So I'm going to try and whiz through all of the stuff we've got going on today. Um, Wish me luck because there's a lot to talk about. Man, as I'm speaking, Patrick Vieira's Strasbourg team have scored against Lyon. They scored one. I've just looked up. It looks like they've just scored a second. I don't know if VAR is going to rule this out or not, but it looks like they're 2-0 up. That's Strasbourg, 2-0 up against Lyon. Barcelona is playing right now as well. European football is back. We've had the Premier League football. We've had the German Cup. We've had Liga football. Um, oh, I think the goal was ruled out because it looks like it's just 1-0. It's just 1-0. Um, but yeah, man, here we are. Here we are. Um, my team, Arsenal, has done well. But... As always, I'm going to try and stay away from all of the European football and in particular, try and stay away from the English football news and give you news from all around the world. But of course, we can't help it, right? I'm broadcasting from London, from the UK, and I'm in Europe. So we're going to talk about uh, the European and the Premier League football. I'm just going to try and keep it to a minimum, you know? But let's do the headlines, man. So we've got Ronaldo scores as Al Nassar wins the Arab Club Champions Cup. We've got Firmino scoring a hat-trick on his debut in Saudi Arabia. We've got the Lionesses into the semi-final. And we've got all of the transfer news, including a big one, which is Harry Kane over to Bayern Munich. And a whole bunch of other stories from all of the biggest brands. What kind of brands have we got today? We've got pretty much the usual lot, you know, we've got the BBC, we've got Sky Sports, TNT Sports, Yahoo Sports, we've got a few over from America, we've got Marker as well from out in Europe, and we've got NBC Sports and Fox Sports as well. So a lot to talk about, let's dive in man, let's go. And as per usual, it's ladies first, over to the Women's World Cup. Now, I must say, this article I'm starting off with is really comprehensive and very well written. It's written by uh, a Charlotte Marsh. So shout out to Charlie. Um, it's coming from Sky Sports. To be fair, I've come accustomed to this kind of level of journalism from Sky Sports. Their articles are absolutely fantastic, aren't they? So even though it seems like it's come from a, a young legend called Charlie, really, they're all legends over there, aren't they? It's just that kind of an organization, isn't it? But anyway, England 2, Colombia 1. Alessia Russo winner sees Lionesses set up Women's World Cup semi-final with Australia. The Lionesses did it. They're in the semis. They're looking like they might be the favourites right now. Looking like the best team in the tournament. Yo, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to watch as much of this tournament as I would have liked. I could have caught this one. I just got caught slipping because I was up late on the Friday night um, and I missed this one uh, because I was up late watching Leo Messi, wasn't I? But I could have caught it. I'm a bit upset that I missed it. And um, like I say, this article is very comprehensive. If you want to read all about it, you'll get this in the show notes. Apparently, there was a calamitous error from the Columbia goalkeeper, which allowed Lauren Hemp to poke home an equaliser after Columbia went 1-0 up. I quite like the fact that Alessia Russo scored because she's uh, an ex-Manchester United striker who just signed for Arsenal and she's 
this kind of like a summer move from United to Arsenal and here she is in the World Cup absolutely smashing it giving Arsenal fans a glimpse of what's to come you know so um, I'm glad that she's in great form and hopefully she's going to keep firing England through to the final it's a great effort from the Lionesses I've definitely got to catch the semi-final that is a big one coming up um, so the, ske the schedule is looking like Spain playing Sweden in the next semi-final which is on August 15th and then Australia facing up against England on August 16th um, so the first one in Auckland second one in Sydney and then we've got the final coming up on August 20th so I've got to catch all three of those I've got to catch the two semis and the final I'm going to put those dates in my diary and I think you should do the same this is going to be big so yeah, yeah come on you lionesses they're doing the business man they're doing it over to the MLS we've got obviously my favourite team into Miami and man since we last spoke Inter has actually played two matches right in this League's Cup now the thing about the League's Cup that I didn't realise before I don't think I've told you guys this yet it's actually an international tournament I didn't know that did you know that I thought that the League's Cup I remember one episode kind of getting it confused because I was like they're playing in the league no they're playing in the cup no they're playing in the league's cup <laughs> it's just like league's cup I kind of thought league cup was like you know like how we say in England the league cup right it's like a cup competition a domestic cup competition but no they called this the league's cup because it's two leagues it's the MLS league from America going up against the MX League from Mexico so it's an international tournament this League's Cup there's Mexican teams in it and there's MLS teams in it but I do think the MLS is a better league than the Mexican League although you can't hold me to that just yet because I, I don't know a whole lot about Mexican football I am not going to lie but yeah this is an international tournament Leo Messi and Inter Miami are doing very well in it they got to the quarterfinal and they absolutely smashed it if you heard the little soundbite on the intro that actually came from Inter Miami's quarterfinal man the commentary on these Apple um, the Apple TV uh, season MLS season pass matches yeah they it's absolutely electric as you can hear as you can hear right these guys are excited they're covering the GOAT himself Leo Messi over in America and it's just everything's big they're doing it big so if you haven't already make sure you go and get your MLS season pass and it's the only place where you can watch these matches live I've been watching them and I recommend you do the same the link is most definitely going to be in the show notes so open up the show notes and it's going to be the first link that you see so on to talking about the matches right so we've got the quarterfinal which was Inter Miami versus Dallas right FC Dallas um, another fantastic performance from Leo Messi bagged himself a couple of goals this first goal was Martinez, oh, I have to mute that. this first goal was one from Joseph Martinez right it was a penalty kick and I was thinking why isn't Messi taking the penalty but then when I saw the way that Martinez dispatched this professionally like it was it was the most you know some people take a penalty and they're not very confident and then some people take a penalty and they bury it he was the latter he absolutely buried it just looked it was like the techers on it as well it just looked like this is your penalty kick taker there's no point letting Messi take the penalty kicks because this guy is like a penalty kick specialist or something he's probably got a record I imagine the way that he looks if you watch the clip the way that he shapes up and the way that he strikes the ball like his ball striking is fantastic man and it just looks like you're not really going to get a better penalty taker than that so you might as well just let him take it why not um, next goal we've got Taylor popping up with something here um, yeah man I like Taylor you know what Taylor has been he might be like a most improved oh there's a goal that's gone in there's another goal for Strasbourg I'm telling you Patrick Vieira ex-Arsenal man absolutely smashing it look at the faces of those Leon players anyway Taylor is doing well he must be like most improved or something like that um, and on to Leo we've got Leo Messi right the ball on the left and Leo Messi just knocks it in 
Bung. Um, absolutely fantastic play right there from Campania, knocking it in for Leo Messi. Hey, what can you say? What can you say? Um, this game ended up being 4 0. And um, yeah, Inter Miami are into the semi finals. So I think I might have actually read out the wrong article for you guys because I was going to talk about the quarterfinals and then the semi-finals because this one I've been reading is about the semi-final win over Charlotte but it looks like we're just going to skip the quarterfinal because you guys missed that anyway um, and this is the most latest one so yeah they've done well to beat Charlotte to make it to the semis and now they're going to be up against Philadelphia Union in the League's Cup semi-finals which is on Tuesday so if you're going to get your MLS season pass and you want to watch this one, it's going to be on Tuesday, August the 15th at Subaru Park. I like a little Subaru. You know, over here in the UK, we call them a, a Scooby-Doo. It's a little bit of a Cockney rhyming slang for you guys. If you you never heard of that, Scoob, Subaru, Scooby-Doo. You might see someone driving a blue Scooby. Anyway, boy eraser things there. Stats-wise, Miami dominated that game. 62% possession, nine shots. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just messy. It's the messy effect. He's turned that team into a bunch of absolute beasts. It's been fantastic watching them. And another thing that's been fantastic watching is Messi's goal celebrations. We talked about the goal celebrations last time out, right? He's been doing the Marvel celebrations and... I'm happy to say it's continued because in the in the quarterfinal he did another one of these celebrations where you, you're wondering what's going to happen and he goes and does the Spider-Man like the kind of web shooting <laughs> like the web shooting kind of celebration and he's got this big smile on his face but it's, it's, it's awesome like this kind of Marvel celebration stuff, doing stuff that his kids will like. Like, this is awesome. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm enjoying this uh, Marvel goal celebration thing from Messi. It's a bit of a treat because he's keeping us guessing. We don't know what we're going to see next, you know. He did actually, in the previous game, in the previous round, yeah, he did go back to his tried and trusted religious celebration, you know, pointing the fingers to the sky, looking like he's kind of dedicating the goal to God, to the creator, to the most high, you know, looking up, pointing up. This one's for the most high. But he did another one. And I thought, okay, maybe we aren't going to get any more of these uh, special Marvel celebrations. He's gone back to type. He's reverted to type. But no, we get Spider-Man. So who knows what we're going to see next? Um, maybe there's going to be an Incredible Hulk celebration, like sort of tensing his muscles or something. That would be cool, would it? Anyway, um, I previously talked about Leo Campagna, the person who set up the goal for Messi to help his team get through to the semi-finals right and I found a little article that does a little piece on Campania because I think it's fantastic that we talk about the whole MLS sorry the whole Inter Miami team because it's not just Messi over there obviously he's the main attraction but it's amazing what they're doing they're building a team from nothing what they have built a team from nothing right this is like what their third season now and they've got the youth players coming in they've got experienced pros they've got that kind of blend between youth and experience um it's just it's just beautiful it's, it's nice to focus on different aspects we had a look at the manager last week and so let's have a little look at leo campagna this week and he's a player that initially joined on loan from wolverhampton wanderers like i didn't know that he's an ecuadorian so another one from south america um joined into miami in 2020 initially on loan and then he was offered a permanent contract so yeah they've got him they've got him on a permanent deal uh, apparently his dad was a professional tennis player who actually represented Ecuador in the 1996 Olympics that's kind of cool isn't it um, and his great grandfather was also an athlete too and he won six Ecuadorian league winners medals back in the 1920s so he comes from a long line of athletes that's amazing I like that kind of thing man um, it's all in the lineage it's in the blood you know he's got he's got sporting achievement in the blood so maybe he's going to go ahead and win some trophies too just like uh, his ancestors did and 
Yeah, like he seems like uh, he's got a little something about him. He's a forward player. He came off the bench and got an assist from Messi. That's why we're talking about him now because he's kind of risen to prominence. And uh, I think he's probably going to be seen as like a backup striker, an alternative to Joseph Martinez, who's the main striker. But he's young. He's only like 23. So he's got plenty of time to improve his game. He scored like 11 league goals last season in the MLS. So he's got something about him. And Martinez is, you know, he's not the youngest. So maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe next season or the season after, Campagna can get himself into the 11. We've seen how Taylor's been stepping up his game. Maybe now that he's playing with Leo Messi, Campagna's going to be stepping up his game and we're going to be talking about him more often too. Um, so yeah, got some uh, highlights here as well if anybody wants to see that. Again, that's going to be in the show notes. And, you know, Leo Messi is always the highlight when it comes to Inner Miami. And one thing that is a big highlight is his salary. I found this article from NBC that talks about the top five players on the Inter Miami roster when it comes to salary and there's no need to guess who is the number one highest earner obviously it's Leo Messi 54 million dollars that's the kind of salary that he's on which is yeah he's actually earning he's actually earning a ridiculous amount um, and they're saying it's twice as much as the rest of the whole squad <laughs> Twice as much. Um, you got Sergio Busquets on ten million. You got Joseph Martinez on four million, and Jordi Alba on one point six million, and DeAndre Yedlin on eight hundred twenty-five k. And this is all in US dollars. Oh, a fifty-four million dollar man. That is an incredible contract he's got there. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, you might think fifty-four million. Like, why is he on so much money? Well. It's Leo Messi, man. He's worth the money. He's worth it. I've got another article here from Fox Sports that gives us some numbers. And it tells us that uh, Leo Messi, since he signed for Inter Miami, yeah, he's scored eight goals. He's got three assists. And the club now has a perfect record of five wins, zero draws and zero losses in every single game that Leo Messi has played in. I remember in his first game... He came off the bench, so he didn't even start the game, but he came off the bench, he scored that incredible free kick, and he won the game in extra time. It was just like some Royal the Rovers magical fantasy comic book, like Leo Messi stuff. Oh, Leo Messi does stuff like that, do you know what I mean? And yeah, ever since then, it's just been performance after performance. He's raised the level of all of the players around him, everyone's playing. He's so worth the money. It's ridiculous. He's he's so so worth it. And I'll tell you what, stuff like this, that this clip I'm going to play now, this is actually just priceless because this is Leo Messi doing a walkout with the owner's daughter. Yes, Leo Messi walking out at the start of the game with Harper Beckham, David Beckham's daughter, and holding her hand. And then lining up, you know, when they do the anthems and they hold the club flags and stuff. It's the cutest thing. Look at her little face. She looks so excited. And I am just loving this family vibe that they've got going on at Miami, man. Um, you can tell, like, the owner and Messi, they've got a good relationship and they're getting the kids involved. And it's just, yo, man, I feel like there's something special happening at Miami. And I'm just going to keep following. I'm really excited about following them for the rest of the season but there's a man who doesn't want to be outdone by Leo Messi he is his old time rival his old time competitor and he says you know what he must have been listening he must be thinking you know what I can't let Cal keep talking about Leo Messi all the time I'm the big man around here too Cristiano Ronaldo that's the man of the moment he scores twice as Al Nassar win their first Arab Club Champions Cup title. So we've gone from American football over to Saudi Arabian football. And this is just greatness. This is the kind of thing that you get from Ronaldo, big time player, right? You don't bring in these players to just be normal. You know, you don't bring in Leo Messi to be normal. You don't bring in Cristiano Ronaldo to be normal. You expect, or you at least want, 
something extraordinary and that's what these kind of players do and the two like I'm just so lucky I feel like we're lucky to have been watching them and as they're coming to the ends of their careers I just want to watch them as much as possible and and take it all in man because I can't see another Messi and Ronaldo in the current gens and I'm looking at some of the youngsters coming up I can't see a next one in the next generations coming through just there is no other Messi there is no other Ronaldo you know we're lucky to live in this time and to see them man and Ronaldo done what Ronaldo does man he's helped his team to win a title and this Arab Club Champions Cup I didn't really know what it was before but what it is is it's essentially like a Champions League I've got this article from the BBC that talks about it um, unfortunately they didn't credit whoever wrote it it's a really good article as well and uh, I can't give them their flowers but uh, shout out to the BBC for this one but yeah this league this competition it's like a it's like a Champions League there's a lot of Arab nations involved in this one and it's like um, you know teams from Qatar um, teams from obviously Saudi Arabia uh, you've got the United Arab Emirates you've got Iraq and interestingly enough there's also some African teams in there there's teams from Morocco Tunisia and Algeria so those are the North African teams which are kind of like Arab countries they actually compete in this club in this cup competition which I didn't know and Ronaldo secured the title man looking at the trophy kind of looks a bit like the World Cup it's interesting uh, I like the way the trophy looks um, so yeah there's some highlights on the Al Nasser YouTube channel again if you want to see that you can catch those Ronaldo looks like he's super sharp fit and firing banging in goals um, there was a bit of drama in that game actually because they went 1-0 down then they got a man sent off and literally like a minute after they got a man sent off Ronaldo's equalised and then it's gone to extra time and Ronaldo scored again in extra time and his team's won the cup it's just it's a great story I guess if you was watching it live it would have been absolutely fantastic because you would have, especially if you was a fan of Al Nassar because you would have thought oh no we, we're down we won the down we got a man sent off this is the worst thing in the world we're going to lose we're going to lose we're going to and then look what happens Ronaldo by himself no obviously not by himself it's a quality team they got over there uh, they've got Mane in the team over there and they've got Talisco who's a player I really like so they've got three quality players that I know of and there's the, the transfer window still open for them there could be more on the way there's talks there's, there's gossip and transfer talk on the opposite team uh, Ruben Nevers was playing there so there was definitely some quality on the pitch um, and if you can that might be a good league to follow the Saudi Pro League another story from the Saudi Pro League is about Roberto Firmino so Roberto Firmino I'm thinking this might be my favourite team the team that Firmino plays for because it's got Mares and it's got Saint Maximan and they actually all combined for a one goal I've, I've got a little clip of that that I'm going to put in the show notes as well it's a nice little bit of team play players passing players linking up and uh, Firmino putting the ball into the back of the net there was a bit of banter in uh in this last game from Al Ali because uh, that same team with um, Mares and St. Maximan in it right yeah, has uh, the ex-Chelsea goalkeeper Mendy and uh, as we know as Chelsea fans know all too well this guy's been prone to one or two mistakes recently when he first came he was solid but he has been making one or two mistakes recently and that's why he ended up getting dropped for Kepa and uh, there was like a back pass to him and he tried to pass the ball out and he passed it straight to the opposition's feet and they chipped him so yeah th th that was a good look for Mendy hopefully uh, he gets the errors out of his game um, but yeah more clips more clips more clips all going to be in the show notes you can see uh, Firmino's hat-trick for Al Ali uh, I've got highlights from the official Al Ali channel as well you can barely read it all because it's all in Arabic but this is what we're doing man it's the world's favourite game we're getting stuff from all over the world um, so continuing with our theme of all over the world over to Europe where we've got a article from Marco and 
What we're talking about is Jude Bellingham scoring on his La Liga debut as Real Madrid down Athletic Club. Now, anybody that knows me and how I, how I feel about Spanish football, then you'll know that Athletic Bilbao is my favourite Spanish club. I like the way that they're doing something for their own local boys over there. They only have the Basque players in the team. You know, they they focus heavily on youth development and they produce good players. They produce good players and they sold them on. They sold um, Laporte, Imeric Laporte, to Manchester City. So that's the level of quality that they can produce over there. And they've never been relegated from the top division. So I always like watching them. I always respect them as a football club. I think that's that's a proper football club. They're building their team, building, and they're doing something for the locals, you know, it's for the local boys. Their coaching is obviously A1 because they keep producing good players and they don't ever get relegated from the top division. And um, here they are up against Real Madrid. Obviously one of the best teams in the world. They got slapped um, 2-0 and Bellingham scores. So shout out to Bellingham. Nice little article there from Marco that you guys can read. Um, unfortunately, there was a lot of drama in that game. It wasn't just me feeling the drama because my team lost to Real Madrid. It was... Militao suffering an anterior cruciate ligament injury and they've got this uh, this picture of him looking like he's in absolute agony and I tell you every time I hear about these kinds of knee injuries like my heart bleeds man because as someone who's suffered with knee problems himself I can tell you these things are horrible and um, the cruciates whenever somebody gets like a cruciate ligament injury you know they're going to be out for a while. It is a really bad injury. Apparently tests have confirmed it. And that's pretty much their best defender's gone now. Militao, he's been fantastic for Real Madrid in recent seasons. And he's out. So, yeah, they're going to be a little bit short at the back. And they've just had Thibaut Courtois get injured as well. And before him, Arda Gula. Um, so we can read a bit more about those in a second. But um, Ancelotti actually doesn't have that much, doesn't have that many options in defence now. He's got Alaba, Rudiger, and Nacho. So that's pretty much it for his centre back options. So we'll have to see what they're going to do. That's not that many. And with this injury that Militao's got, God knows how long he's going to be out for. He could be out for the whole season. Um, so maybe Madrid might need to dip into the transfer market. Um, back to Courtois he had an ACL injury <sighs> I try to keep myself together over here these injuries are painful to read about man these these knee stuff the knee stuff man yikes so it's his left knee the anterior cruciate ligament and he done it in training he got stretched off during the morning drills on Thursday and they're saying there's been a series of medical examinations conducted by the club and the prognosis has been validated he's been diagnosed with a tear of the anterior cruciate ligament in his left knee and he needs surgical intervention in the upcoming days so they say that the surgery typically involves a lengthy recovery period which spans between seven and eight months Especially given Courtois' position as a goalkeeper. I didn't realise that it would affect a goalkeeper differently, to be honest. So that's an interesting bit of news there. So now, Real Madrid are looking like they're going to have to dip into the transfer market. Unless they want to play Andrei Lunin for the rest of the season as the number one. Which they probably don't. So, yeah. They're, they're looking at options. This article from Marcos says they're looking at Kepa and David De Gea, which kind of makes sense because they're both Spaniards and they're both kind of out of favour in the Premier League. Um, but Courtois, for me, it, like he's one of those players that are kind of irreplaceable, man. There was one save that he made in the Champions League against Manchester City where like, I just thought... Who would have saved that apart from Courtois? He was, like, he's huge, isn't he? Massive. And it was like a curling effort. And he, the way he dived for it, I just thought he have no right to save that. But it wasn't even, it wasn't even like he 
just about got there with his fingertips. Like he actually palmed the ball away. Like he's just he's just got that now. He knows where to stand, where to position himself, how to dive, how to stretch himself out, covers his goal well. He's just an excellent goalkeeper. He's obviously one of the best in the world. That's why he plays for Real Madrid. And he's gonna be a huge loss, man. I like watching Courtois, honestly. I think he's one of the best around. So they're in a bit of trouble. Um, there's more gossip about other replacements, but we'll get to that. Um, so we've gone from Militao's injury to Courtois' injury, and we've now got an update on Arda Gula's injury. The young lad who Real Madrid just signed, and then he got injured before he could even make his debut. Just sad, sad, sad stuff. So he was injured in the training session too, uh, in the preseason tour. And his is a meniscus injury. They say it's a partial tear of the internal meniscus in the right knee. And almost all specialists have recommended surgery. Uh, apparently the boy was heartbroken. He didn't want to get surgery because, you know, he knows, damn, my Madrid career is going to be over. But it's like, come on, what do you want to do? Do you want to, like, get one of those those pain injections to kind of numb the pain and then just keep playing on it like that could aggravate the injury could end up being even worse down the line I mean even if you gotta be out for half the season or even the whole season I think it's better to get the surgery and get yourself right you know and then you go again when you come back that's my thoughts on it um, but yeah it's, it's a bad injury initially the parties agreed on a conservative treatment but the progress is going to be slow and there's no long-term guarantees um, so the player also consulted the head of the Turkish national team's medical department and once all the reports came in and with Madrid's medical staff present as well the decision to operate was taken so it's a joint decision the nation, the club, everybody's aligned everyone's behind it. I like the fact that there's all this support coming in for the young lad because he's only 18 it's, like, it's a horrible thing to happen to a young man you know uh, to be crippled <laughs> yeah um, they're comparing it in this article here uh, in marker to Ansu Fati they're saying it's the ghost of Ansu Fati like, he's had a horrible injury as well hasn't he again as a young man and uh, they're saying that the torn part of the meniscus is actually minimal so that's a good thing and they just need to decide which type of operation is going to be performed apparently there's a, a first type of operation which is only recommended where the torn part of the meniscus is minimal and there's a second one which offers more guarantees but then the timeout is going to be longer so he might be out for about five months if they go with the second option um you know apparently they used to remove the meniscus but when they did that it was something that ended up shortening the player's career due to complications with the cartilage so now what they say is stitching is the best solution except in the cases of minimal tears which opens up other avenues so that's kind of where they are now they're looking at the other avenues because it is a minimal tear um, but it is yeah, it is a huge setback for the young man's career. I was so excited to watch him play in the famous white shirt of Real Madrid. And he's out injured. Like, their squad is looking a little thinner now. I actually thought that after losing Benzema, because he went to play in uh, Saudi, didn't he? I thought they would look to strengthen. They would look to bring in a big player. But they didn't. They brought in Jocelyn. And... They, to be fair, they did bring in a big player in midfield. They brought in Bellingham. And you know you've got Cruz and Modric who are getting on a little bit now. But then they've got the young boys there. Like um, you've got Chouameni who can play in midfield. Camavinga is a midfielder but they've been playing him as a left back. Because Mendy was out injured. But Mendy looks like he's coming back now. So maybe we'll see Camavinga play more in midfield. I don't know. Um, you still got the likes of Valverde there and Rodrigo and Vinicius. So you'd think they might be okay, but you know, I saw them play. Uh, I reported to you guys before um, about watching them play in El Clasico in preseason versus uh, Barcelona. 
definitely wasn't like a preseason game. El Clasico is El Clasico, and Barcelona looked streets ahead of Real Madrid, so they might need some reinforcements. Now that they've got all of these injuries, they might need to dip into the market. Um, but if you guys want to go and see the highlights, I've got some. I've got a little link to the highlights there in the show notes too. Um, swiftly moving on, we've got. I don't know if I want to talk about that story yet. Let's talk about this one. We've got Ben Yedda. Ben Yedda leads Monaco as lands collapse at Brest. That's the story I got from Yahoo Sports. Now, those who know Ben Yedda will know him as like a veteran, the captain of Monaco, veteran striker. He scored goals. Like he's a good player. But what this is saying is it's not just about the goals. He scored two goals as Monaco uh, beat Clermont, right? And this has come after he was charged with rape this week. So on Friday, he was charged with rape, attempted rape and sexual assault by prosecutors in Nice over an alleged incident that happened on the Côte d'Azur in July right and he was placed under judicial supervision and had to pay a bail of 900,000 euros that's 987,000 US dollars it's almost a million USD for his bail he had to pay for his freedom and then he was just playing football on the weekend so he got sentenced on Friday and then on Sunday, he's banging in two goals like nothing even happened. You would have thought maybe there would be like mentally that might affect his game. But I guess not. Um, now, I can imagine with the nature of the this story, it we, maybe we just haven't heard the last of it and we're going to hear a lot more. Uh, I have no further comment to add on that. It's a shocking story. And we'll see how that one unfolds as more evidence comes to light. But it's just interesting that he got, you know, he got the charges on Friday. He was charged with rape on Friday. He had to pay for his bail. And then he's back on the pitch on Sunday. So, yeah. Interesting. Judicial supervision, they're calling it. He's out on judicial supervision. Interesting. Um, more bad news, but not as bad. Harry Kane makes his Bayern Munich debut and you know people probably would have thought okay he's finally going to get a chance to win a trophy his first game is in the German Super Cup they got smashed Bayern Munich got smashed 3-0 by RB Leipzig like it's just it's that it's that curse man it's the Tottenham curse it's followed him like how can Bayern Munich get beaten 3-0 in a cup final they usually come alive in the big matches 3-0 yikes got an article here from the BBC by uh, Emmeline Begley so you guys can go ahead and read that if you want yeah it's not looking good for Harry Kane that's not a good debut at all is it um, but yeah I mean what I didn't say is how he's just transferred there fantastic dude. we can talk about that we can talk about that uh Got another article from the BBC with some details in there. I mean, for Spurs fans, me personally, when they signed Richarlison last season, I always felt like he's the Kane replacement and they've given him one season to bed in so that when Kane leaves next summer, Richarlison's going to be ready to take the, a starring role. And yeah, Kane left and then Richarlison started, didn't he? But... Um, yeah, I was watching that in the uh it was like a London derby early kickoff today. Brentford versus Spurs. Obviously I was cheering for Brentford. And Brentford did a smashing job. They did a really good job. Spurs had some good bits of quality, some of their new signings started to look good. But life without Harry Kane isn't gonna be so good because he's been he's like integral to the way that they play, you know a goal scorer and he's a creator and his almost telepathic link with Hengmin Son 
was just stuff of legend. It was they were one hell of a they they might go down in history as one of the best attacking partnerships in Premier League history. They might actually go down like that because they scored so many goals together. They would set goals up for each other. <laughs> and so they've broken up that partnership. That's the thing. They've broken up that special partnership. So now Son has to try and get something going with Richarlison. And Richarlison, like, no disrespect to Richarlison, but he's not on the same level as Harry Kane. He's not a player I'm going to expect to have 30 goals by the end of the season. T1 numbers, like 20 plus goals and assists. I, I'm, not, I'm not expecting a whole lot from Richarlison. Although he did have a good opportunity. He did have a good opportunity in the second half. Good save from the keeper, to be fair. But we'll see. It's one of those things where maybe in that Tottenham attack with Kulusevski on the right and Son on the left, and they've got Madison now, which is a great signing for Spurs. Madison in behind. There's going to be some really good passes coming through to Richarlison, and he's going to get goal-scoring opportunities. So if he remains as the number one striker, then he will get opportunities to score. And... He can score goals. He's got two good feet. He can score on both sides. He's got he's good in the air. He can score headers. So he has got the potential to score goals. And if he's playing week in, week out and he stays fit, then you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe you'll have a good season. We'll see. But yeah, I mean it's a great signing for Bayern Munich though, to have a player like that. I mean they lost Lewandowski, who is a legendary striker didn't really replace him but now they've got Harry Kane in there that's that's a substantial signing isn't it 30 years old so you might think this is going to be his last big contract spend his next few years in Germany banging some goals for them winning some titles for them yeah why not why not um, and it's, it's just such an interesting transfer because Everyone was thinking, where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? And the money was like, you know, Manchester City tried to buy him and the chairman turned it down. In the end, he's ended up going to Bayern Munich for 86 million. There was talk about Manchester United being interested. Arsenal fans, some Arsenal fans were saying, hey, I'll take him at Arsenal. You know, he played for Arsenal when he was a boy. So, you know, he's obviously, he's obviously an Arsenal lad. And who knows, maybe maybe when he goes to Bayern, he could be there for one or two seasons and there could be potential for him to join Arsenal. I, I would never say no because he is Harry Kane. He's a fantastic goal scorer. And hey, if we could get him for a cut price, I don't know about spending anything close to 86 million, but if he was like, say, 31, 32, still in good form, and could come in and be like a you know someone in who rotates with Gabriel Jesus as like a target man kind of striker, but can still play football, link up. Anyway, that's 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 some super foresight there. Thinking about tomorrow, today he's a Bayern Munich man, and I wish him all the luck in the world. I hope he goes to Bayern and he smashes it and he scores like thirty goals or gets some kind of golden boot, breaks the records. Yeah, go on, Harry Kane. And we don't see that many English players going abroad as well. So when they do, I like to follow them and I like to, I like to see them doing well. And I think it's great for the national team to have someone like Harry Kane overseas, to have Bellingham overseas. These are these are good things to have Tomori overseas and Abraham Smalling. Um, you know th those Italian guys they don't play so much for the national team but you know maybe in the future they will and maybe all of these foreign exports are going to be able to benefit from the coaching that they get overseas and learn some different techniques learn some different ways of doing things and be able to come back to the national team and share their experience with us and enrich us you know enrich English football that's what it's all about man so yeah this pretty much this pretty much the end of pretty much all of the stuff I wanted to talk about. We're on to the transfers. And uh, there's this young lad who's transferred from Arsenal 
to Nantes in France. His name is Marquinhos. He's a Brazilian. And they've gave him a fantastic Brazilian welcome. Now, it's only a loan. It's not a permanent deal because he's young. He's like, what, 19? And I'm looking forward to watching him in the French League. I'm going to be watching Nantes this season to see how Marquinhos gets on. And they've done like a little welcome video for him. They've got Cantona on the intro and then they've got some samba music playing and, and he's there doing the kick-ups and, you know, hey, it's cool, man. I like it. I like it. I'll put a little link in of that to the uh, show notes as well. Um, in other news, we've got Marseille. The Marseille guy, Dimitri Payet, West Ham fans and Premier League fans might remember him. Quality player. Absolutely quality and he's left Marseille to go and join Brazil to go and join the Brazilian league Vasco da Gama specifically um, so he's over in Rio de Janeiro right now so I, I didn't see that coming you know Dimitri Payet going to Brazil with all of the hype around Saudi league I'm surprised a Saudi team weren't interested in his services uh, maybe a league like MLS could have been interesting but okay he's he's gone to Brazil is what it is don't know if I can get access to Brazilian football I quite like Santos in Brazil that's my Brazilian team but um, yeah good luck to him man Dimitri Payet he's a player I've always liked we've got this story alright another one from Yahoo Sports Tyler Adams apparently they're saying Tyler Adams has had a collapse in his transfer to Chelsea. That's one that everyone's been talking about, Tyler Adams going to Chelsea, because when Leeds got relegated, there was a clause, there was a relegation clause in his contract, which meant that he can just leave. And what they're saying here in the article is, the fee is 25.5 million USD. So Chelsea activated the relegation release clause, and um, that's apparently coming from Fabrizio Romano and Adams was trying to join Chelsea but this circle is a little bit vague it just says that it's not going to happen anymore so let's see what happens there apparently Brighton are interested because if they're going to be selling Caicedo to you know wherever he goes he might be going to Liverpool might be Chelsea we'll see but they'll need a replacement for him and you know maybe they can just go and get a cheap and cheerful replacement in Tyler Adams like he's not I wouldn't say he is a Caicedo level player but doesn't need to be does he their team is solid they don't actually need Caicedo in their team they're playing with Gross and they have other options in midfield so yeah there's that, there's that, there's Brighton, there's Tyler Adams, there's, there's that, there's that. There's a few more bits of bobs. I've got this uh, TNT Sports transfer news link that I like to look at. What have we got here? We've got some of the latest news in terms of transfers. They've got something from Fabrizio Romano here saying that Kepa has not been called up for today's game as he already said goodbye to the team on Saturday and the Spanish goalkeeper will be announced as the new Real Madrid player on loan very soon here we go confirmed hey you know when Fabrizio Romano says here we go that means this is this is it this is this is the word so okay that's an interesting one uh there's more from Fabrizio Romano on this timeline here he's talking about Neymar Jr and Al Hilal saying they're advancing to the final stages and the deal isn't done yet but it is close Al-Hilal how about that how about that so I would love to see it man I would love to see it um there's talk about Manchester United selling Fred Fred's going to Fenerbahce in Turkey there's talk about Spurs over here you got Larissa Dyer, Regulon Judd Spence 
Okay, these are players who are not included in the squad, and so there's talk that they might be making a move somewhere. Okay, um, I mean, there's also this Fabrizio Romano talking about Aston Villa making bids. Uh, you know, bids, but I want to see the here we go confirmed. I don't want to hear about the bids, I want to hear here we go confirmed. We've got David Ornstein talking about Jack Harrison undergoing a medical with Everton. And there's all this talk about the Mbappe speculation. I mean, I just don't know what to make of that, man. Uh, they've got on this timeline that Mbappe is apparently going to stay and play for PSG and even expected to extend his contract. I mean, what a wow. Is he not supposed to be going to Real Madrid? PSG actually accepted an offer from the Saudi club that came in for him, but he rejected it. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. It's late for me now. Uh, so I'm going to go and chill. Uh, I hope you guys are chill and you're all feeling good. You know, I'm going to catch you next time. Don't forget, if you want to watch Leo Messi on Tuesday playing in the semifinals of the League's Cup, you're going to need to get your MLS season pass because that's the only place where you can watch Leo Messi and Inter Miami playing live right so make sure you have a look in the show notes and you click the link so that you can subscribe and you know what if you might not have realized this but Apple are really kind to us man they actually allow you to cancel your subscription before you have to pay anything so if you wanted to you could click the link, subscribe, and then just watch like 30 days worth of football and then just cancel without any cost. So, so yeah, so it's up to you. It's an option. They give you the option to do that. Uh, me personally, I'm not going to be canceling. I'm going to be watching this uh, until the end of the season and then renewing again for next season. But that's me. Anyway, take care of yourselves, boys and girls and uh, non-binaries. And I'm going to catch you on the next one. Peace.